You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. As you know, part of the 247sports.com network. We're with you weekday mornings right here from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The Indian hill section of t-town to be exact they've got all your favorite treats waiting for you right now if it's dipped in chocolate you're gonna find it at peterbrook chocolates here 1530 mcfarland boulevard north joined on the program by the executive producer of southern fried sports mr jacob harrison and together we combine to form the 60 bit of of sports talk radio jacob how you doing on this tuesday morning a little sleepy, but I'm making it through. <laughs> Still fired up? Still fired up by rookie camp and how great, how great everybody looked. Everybody looked great. Najee Harris looked great in Pittsburgh. Did you hear? Mac Jones showed excellent command and decision-making at New England's rookie camp. Are you surprised by that, Jacob Harrison? I mean, we just saw it for a full season a historic kind of season for Mac Jones. But in shorts and helmets, Mac Jones showed excellent command of the offense and decision-making ability. How about it, Jacob? I, it sounds like the Mac Jones that, w- that we've always known. You know, the guy yeah. that, that could come in and, and handle the pressure and, and learn, pick up a playbook and, and throw it back in the coach's face and says, look, I've got the ability to get it done. But But on the Najee Harris side, I think it's very intriguing that even though the Steelers tend to get a lot of negative rep for for some of the things that they do, uh, I, I think it's hilarious that Najee Harris getting to line up at wide receiver is seen as a positive for him. But what the Jaguars are doing with Travis Etienne is just a mortal sin because of Urban Meyer. <laughs> because the rest of the league don't want us to be great. That's the problem for our Jags. See, that's the difference in those handful of rings that your team has Jacob, and the fact that our Jaguars are one of just four teams in National Football League history not to have played in a Super Bowl to this point. 
Can you name the other three? The four NFL teams that have not played in a Super Bowl, Jacob. Yeah, the uh, the Lions, the Browns, and the Texans. Absolutely. That's why. That's why, Jacob, you're on the varsity program here with Southern Fried Sports. That sort of knowledge, that sort of encyclopedic recall. That's why you play under the lights right here on Friday night instead of, say, in the freshman game on Monday night, JV football, maybe on Tuesday, Wednesday. You're under the Friday night lights right here on Southern Fried Sports. You can, too. You can be as well at 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line where we just love to feed the trivia questions to Jacob Harrison. I'll tell you, though, you know, we joke about that with rookie camp. And I can go back a few years when our Jacksonville Jaguars took Blake Bortles in the first round of an NFL draft. And having a tie to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I remember getting the message following the first, Jacob, the first rookie camp practice. The first thing I got on Blake Bortles was he really struggled to throw a spiral out there. What? You took him in the top 10, top five? In his first rookie camp practice? That's what I get? He's struggling to throw spirals, Jacob. Wow. Blake got picked up by the Packers here recently, though, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I think he's headed to Green Bay. And give the guy credit for a guy who couldn't throw a spiral, apparently. Maybe he was just nervous. Couldn't throw a spiral in his first rookie camp practice. He did take the Jags to the 2017 AFC Championship game, and we did get a win over those Steelers, by the way. At Heinz Field. Hey, props where props where it's due. That was one of the most impressive postseason runs I've ever seen from Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean he did, and that was that was motivated Lenny Fournette, right? And that was Saxonville. That defense was ramped up. Could get after your quarterbacks pretty good. Played good defense uh, four years ago. And Doug Marone, now your offensive line coach at the University of Alabama. Head coach for those Jags. Seems like just yesterday. Life comes at you quick in the old college and professional coaching ranks. 205-342-9904. We're going to talk with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. We're going to go around the Southeastern Conference with Brent Beard. A lot of TJ Finley talk out there this morning. The LSU transfer quarterback. As you've probably seen with us there at BamaOnline.com, Hank South does an outstanding job covering recruiting for us. Went in depth with TJ Finley, who says he is having consistent communication with the Alabama staff, among others. According to Finley, uh, Nick Saban, area recruiter Pete Golding, I believe Bill O'Brien involved in those talks. So uh, we'll see with TJ Finley. Jacob, this is a situation that from just your initial response for me anyway it reeks of maybe more of a question if you're Alabama about who you have behind Bryce Young than bringing another guy in here to compete with Bryce Young because having seen TJ Finley and understanding it was a rough year for the LSU offense in general I don't think this is about if it were to come to fruition a challenge for the top spot on the depth chart because with the caveat that LSU was a disaster in a lot of ways last year, we did see Max Johnson jump in there behind center, and he seemed to 
be a good bit more effective than T.J. Finley with those same players. In fact, by the time Johnson became the starter, that was when Terrace Marshall Jr. decided to opt out. So you could say Max Johnson had fewer weapons. I know you could say that when he took over as a starter, as T.J. Finley had. But Johnson, much more, much more impressive in a couple of starts against Florida in Ole Miss late in the season. So the T.J. Finley talk, how do you view that, Jacob? Is this more of a depth situation, perhaps? Potentially. We'll see. Uh, if Alabama goes to the portal, just in general, for a quarterback. Well, I tell you what, if I'm T.J. Finley, the last guy I want to compete with is a guy named Max Johnson. Uh, but when it comes to, to his his role as possibly being with the Crimson Tide, I think you're absolutely spot on. It, it's try to see if you can get somebody in here that can compete for that backup job and be prepared to, to take over after Bryce Young heads to the NFL in, in a year and a half. So I, 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 don't, I don't hate it. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot out of the kid, though, but it was a poor overall roster for the LSU Tigers. So the jury's still out still out on him. You can't judge a kid based off of three games as a true freshman. Yeah, big arm. And, and you like a lot of the skill set, but the ball seems to take a while to get out with T.J. Finley. And unless you can really block it up, protect it up, and run it a good bit and go play action off of that, uh, that's what you're going to get. I think now look, he's still a developable developmental talent. And you think about, well, you put him with a guy like Bill O'Brien. And as you said, in a couple of years, if it is a three and out scenario for Bryce Young, then you've got a guy that in fairness to TJ Finley, he didn't need to play last year. It was not a good thing that he played last year. And obviously if Miles Brennan stays healthy, you don't see TJ Finley or Max Johnson for that matter. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the ideal situation for a young quarterback there at LSU, and uh, it kind of left him exposed as a young player to some things that you would rather not him have seen until maybe his second or third year in the program. So yeah, I think when you look at Finley from the big picture perspective. Uh, it could be sensible in Alabama with just three scholarship quarterbacks. I know coaches like to try to keep that number to essentially a scholarship quarterback per class. Right now, Alabama, as we know, is below that number by at least a quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. We'll talk with Brent, Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coaches News. We'll get his thoughts on the TJ Finley buzz as that transfer portal. As we've told you many, many times before, it stays hot. We'll talk some Alabama offense. Uh, excuse me, Alabama outside linebackers on the program today. Got a piece coming up at BamaOnline.com this afternoon where we feature the outside linebacker position post spring practice. We'll give you a few thoughts here on the program after going deep dive into the Alabama outside linebackers. We'll do that as the show moves along as well. Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder looking pretty good right now, isn't he? Tuscaloosa's very own, the Bronze Bomber. Bronze Bomber, because of his place in the pecking order, the preferred pecking order for Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay might get paid. Deontay's getting paid. It's just, is he even going to have to fight to get paid? We'll talk about Deontay later in the program as well. First up, though, Brent Beard with some college football talk. We'll have Brent right here on Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier, when the program returns right after this. 
Everybody. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky occasionally cloudy this afternoon and tonight. The chance of a few isolated showers. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 64. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 83. And Thursday, a good supply of sunshine, the high 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. And as we typically do at this time on Tuesdays, we head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line where we check in our good pal who at this very moment might be stalking the aisles of a grocery store and or a newsstand somewhere in, in pursuit of those coveted college football preview mags brent where are we at with the uh preview mags right now any day any minute i'm like a sprinter at the starting gate trav just waiting for the gun to go off you know what athlons and lindy's we get so many notifications on our phones now yes. why don't athlons athlons and lindy's and those that are still around they should have notifications like when you get a text absolutely you get a phone call that's missed you get a missed email or something happens on Twitter, uh, you get a notification. I think that would be great for you, Brent. That's what it they need be. to do. I, well, I gave them an idea here, and I won't – by the way, I won't charge them for that idea. That's a free uh, one. That's a free yes. one, Brent. Yeah, well, and they need to call you for some other ideas that they need to <laughs> – uh, but, yeah, I, I like that. But, but again, as Travis said, Athlon Lindy's do out any day, Phil Steele. Uh, after interviewing Trav about 100 out of 130 coaches uh, to his friends, <laughs> how about that? Uh, uh, it comes out in about a month. And, and as we talked last week, in some real disappointment, uh, unless unless this changes, Street and Smith, um, I, just a classic, frankly, uh, is no longer putting out magazines. So uh, th- th- that's unfortunate. But, but the bottom line is, should be out any day for that uh, the, kind of the, the May holiday for us. Yeah, back in the day when it was kind of – wasn't it like a big three of Athlons, Lindy, and Street and & Smiths? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was a big – and Sporting News typically yeah. had a preview match. Yeah, they did. Um, I was a big Street & Smiths fan. I love Street & Smiths. And then you had the advent of Phil Still and uh, the different mags, and some unfortunately have gone away, as you alluded to. But to their credit – 
A lot of them, a lot of them still hanging in there. What makes it tough, you got to think, and where Phil still comes out on top of all this is this transfer portal. No doubt. And this late movement that we're seeing even in recent days with Alabama seeing Brandon Turnage go in the portal, end up at Georgia with Kirby Smart. I like that move for Brandon Turnage. I think it's yeah. a nice pickup for right. Georgia, too. And now the news, Hank South of our staff at BamaOnline.com earlier today with an in-depth interview for our VIP subscribers with TJ Finley, the LSU transfer, looking for a new home. So you got these guys moving, Brent. Some of them we know already where they're going to land, but Finley and who knows how many others still to come. Uh, well, and the thing I heard this morning was that the problem with the transfer portal is a lot of these guys in the transfer portal are, are basically walk-ons. Uh, now, if you're Trev, if you've uh, if you're like a grad transfer, man, you're gold in that thing. But but the reality is, and this is what these guys have got to be careful of: you go to school, uh, you get your feelings hurt or you don't want to face all the competition, and you leave after one year, or maybe even leave after before you can get on the field, uh, Trev, that's a long battle out of that transfer portal for those guys, is it not? Uh, you better have some sort of pre-portal work done in yes. terms of figuring out your destination. It's kind of like my late grandfather, Jim Dumas of Walker County fame, told me, don't quit a job till you got a job. That's what he always told me. That rang true. That certainly rang true. And that would be my approach to the portal if I was one of these cats. Unless I knew pretty much where I was going, I'd be careful about going in there until I was certain of perhaps my next destination. And again, I think Brandon Turnage, you know, we talk about Alabama and how it's going to benefit from this situation, uh, especially if the interconference rule goes away. Uh, in the SEC, which you anticipate it will, but we're still waiting and for the folks in Birmingham to follow through with that. Um, I like turnage to Georgia. I know some people look at it and say, well, look, he was a third-team guy at Alabama. Well, look at the situation right now at corner at Alabama. I think turnage is a lot like a guy Georgia saw move on to Miami and Tyreek Stevenson. No Good-sized corner, similar skill set. And then when you talk about Tyreek Stevenson at Miami – that's a Miami secondary that looks pretty good going into that opener against Alabama with Al Blades Jr., Tyreek Stevenson, Bubba Bolden. Got some players on the back end for Miami. They really do, uh, and their defense is uh, may have to hold them up for a while. We still don't know whether Derek King is even going to play or not, Trav, because of that ACL in that opener with Alabama, but, but your point's a good one. And Kirby mentioned at the end of spring practice that the, the group that had the furthest to go by the time fall got here, was the offensive line. I would dovetail in there, Trav, and throw the – isn't the secondary going to be next? Uh, now, now, look, they did a nice job bringing in some other transfer guys, uh, particularly from West Virginia, uh, and, and, and one of the better guys they've got anywhere. But, but look, uh, Travis, that they know good and well, along with that offensive line, those DBs have got to be reinforced. Well, just look at the NFL draft for more on that. LeCount, Stokes, uh, I'm not sure LeCount. Was LeCount drafted? Maybe he was. Stokes and Campbell, the corners, I know were. They were early round picks. So, no doubt Georgia has some work to do on the back end of that defense. But, uh, 
Yeah, I like Turnage in Athens. I think that's a good pickup for all involved. I'm not saying it's Toa Toa to yeah. Alabama, but systematically as well, Brandon Turnage is jumping into the, the same situation from that perspective that he was in in Tuscaloosa. So the learning curve won't be really an issue at all for Brandon Turnage at the University of Georgia. What about this T.J. Finley situation uh, circling back to the to that news that Finley is in the portal? We've known that. Uh, he is saying that there has been extensive contact between himself, Nick Saban, uh, Pete Golding, I believe Bill O'Brien. Uh, where do you see uh, potentially another quarterback in general, but maybe just even specifically a guy like T.J. Finley? When you hear that, how does that register with you in terms of fit at Alabama? Well, I, I think it's a uh, fit because you bring in a quarterback that's got some experience. I mean, Finley's played in five SEC games. Uh, look, he's uh, he's certainly not Mac Jones or Tua, uh, but at the same time, Trev, we we know in this conference that you've got to have a uh, backup. And, and and I think he just adds some insurance to the quarterback room. Now, look, Auburn's been mentioned here. Penn State's been mentioned here. South Carolina's been mentioned. Texas have been mentioned. Finley being from uh, Louisiana and Pete Golden with his ties he's got there, uh, that's some of that. But uh, it was in, and look, I give your guys a lot of credit for this story. Uh, and the thing that got my attention was uh, they're having regular contact with him over the last few days. Yeah, and you look at Alabama's quarterback situation, you still only have three guys on scholarship. That's and right. I, guess, I guess maybe three is going to be the new normal with the movement that we're seeing. Uh, at that spot, but you'd like to have four, I'm sure, if you could. And yeah, I think T.J. Finley, from a depth-providing perspective, would make some sense. Um, I don't envision a scenario where he comes in, and I know in the story with Hank, he's quoted as saying competing for with Bryce Young for the starting job. I don't think that's going to happen no. if he does end up in Tuscaloosa. But I kind of felt like all along, and especially after Bill O'Brien – got 15 practices in the May to really evaluate the position. And then post-spring, if there is the right guy that comes along in the portal, be open to that possibility. And that's what it looks like Alabama's doing here. We'll see where T.J. Finley ends up. But I think if it's Tuscaloosa, it's uh, more along the lines as a, as a really solid depth provider. I guess oh, yeah. the knock on Finley is in today's game – he doesn't really possess the attributes to extend plays. He's statuesque, big arm, can really let it go, uh, but you're going to have to be, I would say, run-oriented and then play action pass off of that. He's not twitchy. He doesn't get the ball out especially quick. And we kind of saw this coming later in the 2020 season, Brent, that Max Johnson uh, was just advancing at a pace sure. that it was going to make it really tough to keep him off the field there. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And, and Miles Brennan's still involved with that, too. That's a really good race at LSU. But, Trav, I see, a, I, I see Finley as in a guy that uh, if Bryce Young tweaks something in the third quarter against Tennessee, he could come in, uh, and they're not putting a, a, uh, a, a true freshman in who's scared to death. I, I mean, this guy's faced some um, SEC competition. Now, look, he played real well against South Carolina. He 
struggle against some of the better teams of the league, and we understand that. Uh, and again, if he wants to go somewhere else where he thinks he can be the guy, I also get that too. Uh, and, and listen, something you made uh, notice of in Twitter, uh, Finley's not a done deal yet, but the guy who he is is just Troy Punter Jack Martin. Yeah. Uh, look, 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 to me, uh, in, in the league, man, when you've got to uh, – uh, to basically flip the field, uh, I think they've got to have some some insurance and assurance there that they've got a guy uh, who can who can hit 150 yards if they've got to have it. Yeah, Jack was on the program yesterday, and we appreciate him coming on. And yeah, he pretty much said that that you know he is a guy that with Troy last year, the Trojans led the nation in net punting, which is what's most important. I think. Yes. I think he only had like four punts returned for seven total yards. And um, so that's the numbers that intrigue you. He's also capable on kickoffs. If you want to maybe take some of that off of Will Reichert as well. Um, you know, it's a guy that can provide depth, if, if not handle uh, multiple roles for you. And we'll see how it plays out at the punting spot for Alabama. But look, Jack Martin isn't walking away from a full scholarship at Troy because he thinks he's going to be the backup to somebody yeah, else as a punter uh, in 2021. Talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Brent, of course, also a voter for the prestigious, most prestigious award in all of college sports, the Heisman Trophy. Brent, I see Earth, the world, has returned to its axis as the Egg Bowl will be <laughs> on Thanksgiving night. Well, this is something I think that was – uh, met with great <laughs> glee from a lot of people just to have that game back on. Uh, and look, I, I know it's going against the NFL. We get all that. But uh, especially with uh, Kiffin and Leach uh, involved with this game now and how much fun that can be. And frankly, pro- I mean, I mean, look, Trav, I, I can see the day where uh, this is a game that might determine a bowl game for one of these teams, frankly, uh, during that time. So I uh, like it, 7.30 ESPN on Thanksgiving night. That that will give a lot of people something to look forward to uh, during that time. And in and, and this day and age where recruiting is king, uh, that, that's a great night for a lot of people to be home watching you. Yeah, we look forward to Egg Bowls on Thanksgiving night when Joe Moorhead and Matt Luke were the coaches for crying out loud. <laughs> No doubt. They were fun even when those were the sort of matchups. Yeah. You're talking about Leach and Kiffin on Thanksgiving night? Yeah, past the extra helping of the Egg Bowl in that, uh, in that, from that perspective. And I think, I think the fan bases, you talk about one of these teams playing for a bowl bid in this game. I think both of the fan bases expect with Leach and Kiffin – in their respective positions, that bowl bids already are secured yeah. on Thanksgiving <laughs> night, and they're playing for something higher up in the pecking order, uh, perhaps, in, in, in that regard. But, yeah, I think it's perfect. You know, if we can't have – remember, we used to have Texas, Texas A&M That's right. yeah. on Thanksgiving night, and we should. We should really – what we should have is a doubleheader no, of no Texas point. A&M, Texas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State on Thanksgiving yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, if I, everything I, was the way it should be. Uh, that's what we would have. I see you also have some week zero scheduling news. It seems like our our Hawaii Rainbow Warriors live in week zero. It seems like every year <laughs> our squad out there on Oahu plays in that week zero. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Trev, what's interesting here is you've got Hawaii and UCLA. Now, uh, UCLA shortly thereafter plays one uh, LSU mm-hmm. in the Rose Bowl. So uh, I'm not saying UCLA is going to win that game. I don't think they've got the line of scrimmage to do it, but that that will certainly help them. Uh, so, and boy, oh boy, Trev, how badly does Scott Frost uh, need a opening season win over Illinois? Brett Bielema's debut. Absolutely. With the fighting Illini. Yeah, there's some intrigue there. And you said it, UCLA, there's a lot of expectations out there at this point under, uh, you know, uh, Chip, Chip Kelly. Um, and, and what that situation is supposed to be at this point in his regime. So uh, you talk about that LSU game. I believe that's a week later it is. in uh, yeah. Pasadena. But you need to get past Todd Graham, the well-traveled Todd Graham. <laughs> no doubt. Head coach yeah. of Hawaii there in that season opener. And, uh, you know, I kind of get some – you know what I get from that UCLA-LSU matchup? I get some UCLA-Alabama 2000 oh, yes. vibes. Oh, yeah. Is there potential for some Alabama-UCLA 2000 in the Rose Bowl vibes there for you, Brent? I, I, Trav, I think of that LSU D-line. Uh, I had a lot of uh, freshmen and sophomore. I would, but but that, I think that group's probably too salty for them. But and again, before any before anybody uh, uh, starts making fun of uh, Chip Kelly, uh, we need to remember that he was squarely on that Florida Gator radar oh, uh, trail before. Coveted. Uh, but before God they hired, but before they hired Dan Mullen, so I, I don't, I don't want to hear any Gator snickering about that. A lot it, of Gator it, fans, a lot of Gator fans were tingly at the oh, thought. Oh, oh yes, Chip they Kelly were. in Gainesville, they were very tingly. Now, yes. now let me throw this out too. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but but Trout for September in the Pac-12. Could you order anything better for that league than if UCLA somehow beat LSU and Oregon goes to uh, Ohio State and wins that game? No. Uh, you know, let me ask you this about the Pac-12. What, are we, what do we know about capacities? I mean, we can talk about those games, but what are we looking at with fans at those games? I, you know, are we going to still be fanless in, in L.A.? Uh, and on the West Coast at that point, that, that's uh, something I'll be interested in. Yeah, I'm not sure that's been decided yet. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. I'll tell you one thing the Pac-12 has decide, decided here in the last couple of days. It has eliminated its interconference transfer rule, allowing players to transfer freely once at least yeah. uh, between conference teams. Uh, I give the Pac-12 credit for that. What are we waiting on in, uh, in in terms of the SEC at this point? Well, well, here's the deal with that: the the SEC has a committee of uh, I think it's eleven or twelve um, commissioners and chancellors who are meeting either the last week of this month or the first week of June, and that that is when they're going to vote. Uh, and again, we think they will uh, that that it will pass. Uh, and, and that that will be okay, but but the thing that you still see, and, and we talked about, or I, I'll give him credit, Mike Farrell and Rivals.com had a big article about this uh, a couple weeks ago, 
that said uh, that there's certainly rumors out there. Could the SEC presidents try to set some kind of precedent and and kind of slowing things down with this? But my my goodness, Trav, that there's a way in the world I could see the SEC presidents giving these other conferences free reign to have transfers, and they hold the SEC guys back. In terms of recruiting, the uh, 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 boy, the, the the fallout from that will be almost unprecedented, wouldn't it? Look, we can talk about we can join arms and sing kumbaya. It's all we want <laughs> in terms of fourteen conference members and you know giving everybody the eagle. Look, at the end of the day, it's about presence in the college football playoff. Yes. And if you're going to say, well, we're going to snub this and we're just going to give the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12 and the ACC a bigger advantage to make sure that the Clemsons and the Ohio States and maybe a Pac-12 ten, the Pac-12 team at some point in the next 20 years or so become relevant again or Oklahoma you know, or Texas, perhaps at some point, we're going to give all these teams an opportunity, a bigger edge on us to fill those spots in the college football playoff. That's the way I sort of see this. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to, you're going to, what is it? Cut your nose off to spite your face. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. I mean, there's, that would come off to me as just extremely arrogant, yeah. you know, and it's a, that would be a big 10 kind of, uh, high horse move, wasn't it? I mean, that's what we've grown accustomed to from the the Big Ten more than the SEC. Look, I understand you're trying to represent the entirety of your membership, but come on, let's be real here, Brent. I I think, Trav, before that vote, don't you think there's going to be some uh, some, uh, meeting uh, via teleconference with Greg Sankey, and Sankey's going to tell that bunch, uh, exactly what you just said, because I can uh, because I can tell you right now, you know good well, Sankey's getting an earful from the coaches and, and the ADs. Your, no, no, I, doubt. no I, doubt. This is this is this would be presidents, chancellors, whatever, just flying in the face of their athletic directors and coaches. Right. It, right. To me, if they because we've heard from guys like Scott Strickland of Florida, Scott Strickland, the AD at Florida, is on record he would approve the banishment of the interconference rule. Yes. So that tells me it'll be something that comes from the tippity tip top. If it actually happens, that's why I still have a hard time seeing it come into fruition. Brent. I don't Trav, I don't think frankly, uh, Henry Toa Toa makes that move. And it's that public yeah. to Alabama. Uh, and, and look, um, Saban's Nick Saban's only one guy, but I can tell you, you and I both know how connected he is. Uh, there, there's nothing he doesn't do, Trav. That's not calculated, is it not? Particularly in recruiting, he he would have. I would think he would have to have some kind of a real idea. This is going to pass without that situation already developing. Yeah, obviously it's not impactful where Jamison Williams or even. Jack Martin are concerned, but yeah, with Henry Toa Toa and now potentially a guy like TJ Finley right. looking at some SEC schools. And I know he told Hank South, the BOL and that update that, you know, he may have to wait until uh, early next month to finalize a decision or maybe even take some visits because sure. he wants to feel certain uh, that this thing is, is going to 
uh, come to reality there. Hey, Brent, as always, good stuff for us here on the program. Uh, we certainly hope those magazines drop <laughs> extremely soon. We know you'll be overjoyed with the uh, arrival of those babies. Maybe uh, maybe they could do reveals, you know, like these uh, uh, sexual orientations for these babies that people do. Do some reveals, you know, at these grocery stores yeah. where they yeah. hit a balloon and, yeah, you know, if it's true. certain color, it's Athlon's. If it's another color, it's Lindy's, you know, things like that. Yeah. I, I'm just full, full of ideas today, Brent. Can you tell they- and listen, and they need to be listening to this. I, and Trevor, I, I'll, I'll end on this. Uh, Arkansas AD Hunter Juracek gave Sam Pittman what, what, quote, what I did for coaches, we did a total reset of his contract, which basically means that he, he got a year's extension. It's almost like he, it didn't count. Now, we probably get this stuff behind the scenes, Trav, but it, it's a little bit unusual to have the AD come out and actually admit what he did. Yeah, and I mean, you won three conference games last year, which were three more than you had won, what, the previous two years combined? Yes. So I don't know if I would allude to it just not counting like it didn't count but it certainly counted for sam Pittman, i'm sure and uh you got to thank a lot of excitement for Pittman and the direction of that program uh, hogs will be in tuscaloosa That's as right. we know in late november all right brent appreciate it my man we'll do it again soon look forward to it pal take care there it goes brent beard of college sports today and first coast news back with more of a tuesday edition of southern fried sports right here on tide 100.9 fm right after this you're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon, the fourth anniversary of the passing of Chris Cornell. Front man, lead singer, of course, for Soundgarden. And it was just a little more than four years ago that Soundgarden graced us with their presence at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. Made it to that show. Drug my old butt down there. Got grungy. Glad I did. Because 10 days later, Chris Cornell was no longer with us. Hey, thanks again to Brent Beer for joining us in the previous segment. You've got game times. You're officially excited on a Tuesday. Alabama, Miami. 
set for a 2.30 central kickoff in Atlanta, Georgia, today. On Saturday, September the 4th, that game will air on ABC. That is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, we know. And then in the varsity slot in primetime that Saturday night, Georgia and Clemson from Charlotte. In what is being dubbed the Duke's Mayo Classic. Suddenly, I want a BLT for lunch. You start throwing around Duke's Mayo at me. Chicken salad. You know, good turkey sandwich, maybe. Maybe a BLT. Now I'm thinking lunch. I need to be thinking about the Peterbrook Chocolate Studio line, though. Because that's where Corey awaits us right now. Corey, how you doing on this Tuesday? Hey, Travis. How you doing this afternoon, this morning? Great, man. Great. I bet you're a happy guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, very happy how Alabama performed this weekend. Uh, looking forward to this regional. Uh, what, what do you see in this regional? You know, I, it's hard not to see uh, more of the same. I think it's a formidable field, especially when you consider Clemson is the regular season ACC champs. I know some folks feel like they were undervalued. I guess there's a couple ways to look at that. You know, you could say, well, Alabama was disrespected. Uh, by the fact that a team as accomplished as Clemson was sent to Tuscaloosa. If you're Clemson, you could feel disrespected uh, that you're having to go to Alabama to take on the number one RPI team in college softball. But, you know, look, we talked about this 150 times. It's all about pitching, and I'll take Alabama's number one right now over pretty much anybody in the sport. And, you know, you're also seeing emerging confidence roster wide, um, and it's 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 translating into performance on the field. Uh, one through nine in the lineup, you're feeling a lot better about that situation than you did four or five weeks ago. And so, you know, it's an Alabama team playing its best at the right time of year. It's an Alabama program that is dominated in these situations historically. So, how could you not like Alabama this weekend, Corey? If you were Alabama on Friday, would you pitch Crystal Goodman or Lexi Kilfoyle against Alabama State and then wait until whoever wins between Troy and Clemson pitch Fouts, or would you start Fouts against uh, Alabama State and then if if the game goes well, maybe pitch uh, uh, Lexi or Crystal? Yeah, I'm not throwing. I would, you know, look. Patrick Murphy's a future Hall of Fame coach, so who am I to say? But if it were me, I would go with Goodman or Kilfoyle against Alabama State because I get in that winner's bracket championship game against Clemson. I've got Fouts rested and ready to go, and if for some reason that doesn't go well and I'm in an elimination game and i got to win three now, three in a row, I may have to throw her three straight times after that. So, no, I, I would go Goodman, Cornell, whoever, against uh, Alabama State Friday and then, you know, have Montana working on a full week's rest at that point on Saturday, and then I can go and, with her as much as I need to. And if for some reason Goodman, let's say you need bounce to close the door against uh Alabama State, you can do that as well. Like, yeah, just just to make just to make sure to close the door. But 
Well, you I mean, it, it, should, it should be a five-inning game, shouldn't it? I mean, if we're going to be should, honest about the situation. It should. It should be, a, it should be an eight-run game. And I say that I'm even more confident about not going with Fouts on Friday, Corey, because I feel that much better about this team offensively right now. You know, if I had bigger concerns about Alabama at the plate, uh, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd feel as, as uh, certain about not going with Fouts in that first game. But but I think offensively they're showing you that they're responsible enough. You can trust that area of your team enough to feel even better about not going with Fouts in that first game. Well, here's the key, and I told Gary this this morning, that back in the day when Jackie Trina played, you could ride her all the way through to the Women's College World Series. You can't yep. do that anymore. And Alabama's going to have to find someone else to back up out in case she wants to get in trouble or she gets tired. And I know she pitched really well in the tournament, but you can't just ride her all the way through and expect to win every game because that's just not how it works anymore. And I mean, I know we hope Lexi Kilfoyle gets, gets um, better from whatever happened to her, but uh, we, we need – she needs – Bouts need help, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, and especially if you're talking about a scenario like Oklahoma City. Um, that's where it becomes essential because that can be a long, long week if you lose early and you got to push your way through a, a loser's bracket sort of scenario. And, you know, just to get to the championship round, you know, and you're still talking about a best of three once you get there. So it, it's extremely difficult in this era to – to just do it with one, but look, Montana Fouts has just been absolutely incredible from that perspective, so we'll see. Hey, Corey, appreciate the phone call, my friend. Good talk to you, Travis. Roll tight. There he goes. Corey checking in. Yeah, big weekend. Another big weekend of softball in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Big weekend for baseball, too, as the Alabama baseball team looks to solidify its resume where NCAA regional selection is concerned. Pissed off Mississippi State team coming to town. Mississippi State battling for that top spot in the regular season in the Southeastern Conference. And when you looked at Mississippi State's schedule the final two weeks of the regular season, I'm sure the folks in Starkville, media fans, everyone involved, said, look, we've got the worst team in the SEC at Duty Noble Field for three games. And then we go to Tuscaloosa to take on a pretty mediocre shorthanded, especially where pitching is concerned, Alabama team. We've got a chance here to go 6-0 and over the final two weekends and be in that top spot, SEC regular season champs. So what do the Bulldogs do? They go out and drop two of three to Mizzou at home last weekend. So uh, they got some ground to make up against this Alabama team at the Joe this weekend we're gonna step aside to a final break when we come back we'll put a wrap on a tuesday edition of southern fried sports right after this tide 100.9 tuscaloosa weather the sky occasionally cloudy this afternoon and tonight the chance of a few isolated showers the high today 80 tonight's low 64 tomorrow partly to mostly sunny with a high at 83 and thursday a good supply of sunshine the high 86 i'm james span on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 73 degrees in tuscaloosa 
the flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. On Labor Day weekend is an SEC-ACC challenge, right? Alabama and Miami, 2.30 central kickoff from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta on Saturday. That evening, completing the double dip, Georgia at Clemson. I don't know if I trust Georgia enough in that situation. Secondary, offensive line, wide receiver. Still got a lot of questions about that Georgia team. And then on Monday night, you're going to have Louisville and Ole Miss. 7 Central on ESPN. Sandwiched between all that. Notre Dame at Florida State on Sunday night from Tallahassee. Have we heard from Notre Dame? Uh, what is their preference? What will they sort of deem themselves this season? Because last year they jumped right in there with the ACC during the COVID. Are they back to independent status? Have they made a declaration? Maybe what league they want to play in this year? What is all important Notre Dame's preference for the 2021 season? Hey, some other games with some television and time designations now. Texas at Arkansas. I like that one. Saturday, September the 11th, that's going to be a 6 o'clock central kickoff on ESPN. And the Auburn Tigers travel to Penn State the following weekend, Saturday, September the 18th. That'll be a 6.30 kick from Happy Valley. That game will air on ABC. So you're uh, you're getting those uh, hunger pains pretty good now for college football. I can't help you with that other than give you this information, but I can help you with the lunch whistle on a Tuesday. And that is Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Plaza, starting at 6 o'clock this evening. Thai chicken pizzas for just $7. Trust me. Look, before Heat Pizza Bar's arrival in Tuscaloosa, I wasn't a big specialty pizza kind of guy. I was pretty much cheese, pepperoni, maybe a little ground beef on there, a little meatball. But with heat, they've broadened my horizons. And those Thai chicken pizzas are out of this world. You can find them there at heat this evening, starting at 6 for just 7 bucks. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing it. Thanks to Brent Beard as well. Until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.